Hello listeners, Jimmy is back with us this week and we'll discuss lots including a draw at home in midweek, a weekend defeat, we'll look at the season as a whole and we'll finish off by answering some listener questions as well as discussing everything surrounding the Blackpool game. Enjoy! Hello mate, how are you? It's good to have you back with us. Yeah, good to be back, good to be back. Had a nice month at home, so... Yeah, good, good. Glad you've uh, enjoyed it as much yeah. as you can with obviously the circumstances at home. Well, having an extra child in the, in the house, so it's just yeah. Fucking, yeah, it's been interesting, mate. Going from one child to two has been a a challenge. Yeah, but, I can imagine. I can imagine. Well, so yeah, we're all good. And it's just um, it's just a shame that you four Muppets haven't been able to get a game, get a win under our belt since um, I decided to have a <laughs> bit of sabbatical. So well, if thanks, things lads. change, if things change, we know it's because you've come back. Exactly, mate. It's what happens, <laughs> isn't it? We, we go to a rocky, rocky patch. I'll come back, rally the troops. Away we go. We'll be fine. Yeah, just a reminder, as always, at the start of these episodes, that you can support us here at From the Finney with uh, a donation of any size. Anything's appreciated. Uh, just head over to supported.acast.com forward slash From the Finney. And if you're also, also, if you're listening on an Apple device, on Apple Podcasts specifically, uh, it'd be appreciated if you could leave us a review in the uh, Apple Podcast app. That'd be grand. Yeah, mate. Let's uh, let's start with Tuesday night. I think the the short version of events is that we were lucky to come away with a point. You know what? I really enjoyed Tuesday night's game in the first half. I thought Stoke were, as Frankie said, the best team that's come to deep down this season. I thought the football they played was really good. I thought um, was it Josh Timon, the right yeah. left wing back. I thought he gave Sepp a right game. Um, yeah, and- he, was, he was class, wasn't he? Yeah, it was very good. And but the goal they've they've scored is poor from our point from our perspective. You know, it's a floated ball in, Greg's lost his man, Fiedda. But let's be honest, Daniel Iverson has kept us in that game, you know, yeah. and yeah, we've scored a free kick, you know, good strike. But good we're strike, not really creating anything else. Could, yeah, could that really keeper have done better with that? Mm, I think he's hit it too well. It's gone over the wall, hasn't it? If you think it's gone about over it, the wall, it's but it's right, it's right down his throat, isn't it? He's hit it with some power. I'd like to see you just try and save that, to be honest, Jake, <laughs> at, that, at that power and that accuracy. You know, it's just under the bar. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, look, uh, that's not me trying to take anything away from Whiteman. I just, I think if I was a Stoke fan, I'd be a little bit disappointed that the keepers conceded that. But anyway, not asked. Yeah, I just thought, I didn't think we were great. I think, obviously... He's changed in the second half when he's took Maguire off. Oh, I just wouldn't have done it. You know, he's gone to match him up with two tens. I get that, but when you stretch the box, game with Maguire and Reese, that box midfield just did not work at all. Reese looks so isolated on his own. Was it Sheffield United? We did it. Did uh, it? We've done it previously. I think we did it Sheffield yeah. United, and it came off him when we scored in the ninety fourth minute. You know, from a bit of a scramble in the box, but you can't really use that example as proof that it oh, it can work for us. I think we've got to stay with two up front. You've got to have two outlets because Maguire and Reese as a partnership in both the games that we're going to discuss, I think has done really well. Yeah. And when you split it up, I think both play you know, both players probably aren't at the best when you split up that partnership. I think Maguire and Reese as a partnership, not just for the games that we're going to discuss, but for the whole season, have worked really well. I know people have started to get on Shawnee's back a bit the last sort of 24, 48 hours, but. But why? This is the thing yeah. I don't understand, right? 
I, I don't understand why, because people see him as this nine that's going to score you 20, 15, 20 goals when, yeah, when he first joined, maybe, you know, when well, he had mate, that electric we've, pace. We've been and, saying that. We've been saying that for 12, 18, 24 months now on the pod that he's, he's not player. a striker. You can't look at him as a striker anymore because he isn't that. See, he's lost his pace. He's had to change his game off the back of two arguably career-threatening injuries. One of them, I think, his hamstring completely detached. He's yeah. had to adapt his game and look at how well he's doing. Granted, he's not he's not maybe getting the goals that people want to see, but that isn't his game anymore. Yeah, and I think people look at it like, from a perspective point of view, you've got a big fella up front and a little fella, and your little fella usually is the one that gets in behind, nippy, quick, you know, plays on the shoulders of the last man, and your big fella is the guy who gets it into his head and feet and chest flicks it on our two are the opposite way around our little fella yeah <laughs> holds it up really well flicks wins flick ons wins headers that he shouldn't do against six foot odd center halves and our big fella is just the big like lanky giraffe who just loves running at people and run and running at pace and he's still very raw but he gets in positions that i don't think any of our other strikers can get into no. and i think that's what make it makes emil reese so dangerous to be honest from our perspective you know his goal yesterday I'll come on to that in a bit, but you know, it's a pure instinctive finish, and that's what makes him such a a talent, really, for us. So, but yeah, the Stoke game, you've got to give Iverson loads of credit because if if he's not in the pegs, then I think that's a a real good hiding. Yeah, I think there's there's probably what two or three at least that I can remember where he's he's definitely stopped goal goals going in. There's obviously mm. the one for two nil in the in the first half where, and because it Nick Powell goes through, and it, it looks for. Forgot who it was, but, but oh, it's, it's, it's an unbelievable save that one to stop it becoming two nil. Yeah. Then there's obviously there's a couple more in the second half. There's one that I think there's a cross flashed across the box, and uh, he just gets a hand to it to sort of take it away from from anyone that was coming into the box from a Stoke point of view. Um, just yeah, just a massive performance, and you know I think you can you can look at the game yesterday against QPR. Um, he's got a real knack, and it's a good knack for a keeper to have of, of saving shots with his feet. You know, he makes himself big, and and the amount of blocks he gets with his feet or his legs on on shots that end up going wide or going over is like is brilliant at the end of the day like, there's there's no other way to describe it really yeah I just think from Tuesday you know you look at the game they were full of runners full of legs probably a very different way of playing to us come out of the game with a point you know they've got a great result was it yesterday Friday night against West Brom yeah 1-0 that's what I mean but it could have been 3 or 4 by all accounts you know, they've missed a the penalty. They've played really well. And we've come out of that game with a point. So you can look at it from that perspective. You've got to put a positive spin on it that they've just, you know, gave the favourites for promotion a, a real good idea at home. And we've took a point off both those teams. Yeah. So it depends which way you want to look at it, really. Because there'll be different perspectives of the game, which is one of those things. I thought, you know, Jordan Story struggled for the last 15 minutes in that. Stoke game with his back and must have given him an injection or something because we thought right in front of us on the Invincibles we thought he were coming off because he just couldn't move and I thought him and Pat Greg second half especially I thought they did well I think we are missing Hughes though. these last two games Big time. we're just missing that 
that little bit of a presence on on the left side. I think aerially as well, what he gives you on that side, because obviously Josh Hale is very good going forward. He's question marks over him defensively, but what Andrew Hughes gives you just in the air as well. He's not, granted he's not yeah. massive, you know, he's not a six foot three, six foot four lad. He's I think he's only like six foot, but you know we've seen it for years. He wins nine out of ten headers most weeks, and I think that's yeah. something that we've missed. Yeah, I think Tuesday night, you know, one of them. After the fact, you look at it and you go, yeah, it's, it's a good point, all things considered. Well, it's, it, it's poor subs killed the game for us. I thought yeah. we, we'd had an opportunity at one apiece to try and take the game to him. I know he's thought that two tens was the right way to go. He's come out and said it was a mistake after the game. It's just one of those things he'll learn from it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, we'll come on to his subs in a bit. Um before the break but yeah QPR I think we'll start with the positives for that because there isn't many um, really good for obviously Emil Reese to get another goal and couldn't be happier for Josh Hill like his first goal for the club he's probably been the one of if not the standout player so far this season for us um, given mm. you know he was never really given a proper chance under Alex Neal so for him to get off the mark and get his first goal for the club must must be a great feeling for him. Um, obviously, despite the defeat. Yeah, I thought first twenty minutes of the game, I think, arguably the poorest we've been all season. Thought we just contained QPR. We didn't lay a glove on them, and their goal, their first goal, sparks us into life. To be honest, it's a really poor goal to concede. It's probably, I think, I call it pathetic on Twitter, and I, and I probably stand by that to be honest because. It was so poor. There's so many mistakes, you know. And you look at root cause of the problem. I think we've lost the ball. We've had the the ball in the left hand corner, attacking. You know, Ali McCann's made a decoy run, and then uh, Emil's out wide as well, and Josh Hill. So it's three of them out wide, and then Josh crosses the ball into the box. It was only Sean McGuire there. Yeah, Dean was straight off his line. And literally, the counter attack happens. Two was it um, was it chair that was running at Story and Story's backpedalling and just didn't know what looked like he didn't know what to do. I'm sure it was, but there's two slips in the build in the build up to the goal, and then yeah. next minute, Greg can't get it out of his feet. It's under him, six yard box, and Dykes has literally poked it through the only gap he could get it through and it's yeah. like and Greg lifts up his leg a little tiny bit and Dykes just dinks it in doesn't he yeah but I thought we were poor before that point I, I just didn't think we laid a club on him and but credit Maguire credit Reese. you know it's it's a great through ball you know with left foot Maguire and yeah, that's the perfect opportunity for Reese, isn't it perfect yeah. area just 1v1 and yeah, after that point, I thought we were on top of the game. Deservedly led after half-time. Um, again, Maguire, another assist. That's two assists yesterday for him. Done well, I thought. He? Yeah, I thought he did well. To be fair, I think he's been doing well. Like I, People look at the goals if he's not scored, but it's not about that with him. And I keep saying mm-hmm. it. Yeah, well, but, we said it before, didn't we? It's, it's about something completely different now for Shawnee. Um, yeah. And yesterday, just to epitomise that, I know obviously the result didn't go our way, but two assists for him, and I think he's unfortunate not to have had more during the season. He's got a goal and four assists now this season. So, in what, 11, 11 games is it now we've played for yesterday? Four assists? Uh, he's got four assists now. He got two yesterday, and he was two. already on two. 
two in the cup. Yeah, is that what it is? Must be, because he's only on two yeah. in the league, according to who scored. So, a goal and four assists so far this season. Yeah. Contributions-wise, that's not that bad, is it? It's contributions every three games. So, let's just look at what he offers us. It's the wider picture with Shoney. It's not just yeah. about... He's not going to score his 15, 20 goals a season. You know, that's why Emil's there. But, you know, we get in the game. I think at 2-1, we're in the ascendancy. We're playing well. In a five-minute spell, when you've got to put the game to bed. And then, oh, the second goal. The second goal really hurts. A really silly foul to give away. And then we just don't defend it. We don't defend it at all. And, you know, it's probably the second phase of play, again, that they scored from the free kick. Because we don't clear the lines. Just poked home, innit? We just don't clear the lines, mate. No, no. And then the third one, oh my God. Oh my God. The third one is just dreadful. But it's dreadful, you know, it's it's poor by Lindsay, you know, because... What what do you think he's trying to achieve, though, in that scenario? Because obviously he can't see that Austin's behind him with his arms out, showing that he's not touching him, but... I don't know. It, it, it just it, it's bizarre. Really was is it, bizarre. I thought it was Dykes. I thought it was Dykes. Um, no, it might have been, yeah. Um and then Brown's got the opportunity to clear it, doesn't. Yeah. Just that just flaps at it, doesn't he almost? And it kills the game. It kills us dead, that that goal. It just kill it completely kills us. And you know, I think Frankie came out after the game and said Seps had a chance towards the end. Come on, if that's a chance. My word, you know, it's, it's you know, it's such a hard chance for a centre half to try yeah. and even get anything away. So I just think it was just we were on top of the game at two one, and you know you've got to be better in terms of managing the game from a player's point of view. But substance helping, I thought, you know, Sean he's obviously been kicked to bits yesterday. Um, you know, the QPR commentary that I had on. They just kept saying, oh, he's falling to the ground again, get a stretcher for him, blah, blah, blah. Proper ripping into him. Yeah. He got kicked to bits. You know, there's that time when Dickie's stood on his ankle where if the ref's got a better view of it, he might pull him up for it. But I just thought Maguire had a decent game yesterday in the way he held, held the game up and held the ball up. Like, so it's frustrating, really frustrating because it's now six games without a win, winless in September. Yeah. Not, not great, is it? I don't think, but I don't think we've been great. You know, look at the goals we've scored in September. If, I'm going to include yesterday's game in September, right? But we scored six goals, like four of them. If you take if you take the two away from yesterday, the four goals we've scored: a free kick against Stoke, a deflected effort against West Brom, a 94th minute scramble against Sheffield United, and a goalkeeping disaster. For the first goal against Sheffield United, when DJ scored, when that that Olsen has decided to go walkies, I'm like, really, we've not really created anything. If you look mm. at it from that perspective, you yeah, know, we've not we've, we've not torn any teams open, have we? With great play, no, not at all. Which if you look at if you look at XG, like, oh, I can't wait to get abused about that. But our XG <laughs> is, is bang on. It's bang on our actual goals. It's five point nine two XG in the six games we've had. We've scored six goals. Yeah. So, but the concerning thing for me is the amount of shots we're conceding. So, we've we've had eighty-one shots in those six games against us. Twenty-eight have been on target, and we've conceded seven. Good numbers for Daniel Iverson, but 
you know, they've taken the opposition has taken 25 more shots than us in the same period of time. They've had 11 more shots on target, and we've actually only scored one goal less than the opposition. So we convert our conversion rate is quite decent. You know, six goals from 17 shots on target. So what's that? One in just under one in three. Yeah. Whilst we're only conceding one in four shots on target. So our numbers defensively are decent from that perspective in terms of what we're actually conceding. But 17 shots on target in six games when we're converting quite well. It's no wonder we're not scoring. Mm. You know, we've got we've got to get more shots away, clearly. In terms of well, before we before we break, just I think a few talking points. In terms of and, and this is probably more reviewing the season the start to the season as a whole, because obviously we're, we're what, 11 games played now. There's been, a, maybe not a mixed reaction, but, well, no, I'd say, that, yeah, there has been a mixed reaction to the style of play. I've seen a lot of people saying that they've enjoyed watching things under Frankie and it's been better to watch because it's been higher tempo, we've shown more passion, whatever it may be, but... For me, the playing style, there's there's no identity. There's no real playing style other than just hoof it long. And I don't know about you, but I don't actually think it's that good to watch, regardless of the passion that the players are playing with. It's probably a little bit unfair saying hoofing it long, because um, I think some of the build-up play we've had has been all right, especially using the width of, of the foot wing-backs that we probably didn't do previously. I think we need to judge it on last time we were in the ground, because if you think about our last 18 months, we've not been... In, grounds in person so I think it sort of it alters our perspective in terms of how we feel about things and because we were winning and losing so many games under Alex Neal it was high or low you know and, and you know we've just drawn five games and it's very neutral the feeling you know especially with some of the games we've played and then we lose a game yesterday and it's like meltdown again and um, but being in the ground really helps us because I think if we were in the ground with some of the games under Alex Neal, our perspective would be completely different because you could be actually see the effort firsthand and you could see what was actually happening with your own eyes rather than having to watch it on a TV screen. You know, football isn't a TV programme, you know, and I, I like all that sort of stuff in terms of, like, you need to bring kids up and say it's not a TV programme, you actually see it in the flesh and stuff and you can play the game. So I think that, didn't help Alex Neal in the end because he was playing average football, getting beat, and we were at home watching it. And all yeah. you can do is vent about it on social media. Now we're actually seeing it in the flesh. And, you know, I remember in pre season, Atkinson, you know, someone's had a pop at Ryan Ledson and he's had a pop back. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a passionate game at the end of the day. And people are always going to have different perspectives of the game. You know, whether Alex Neal was the right man for the job or not, whether it was the right time to sack him or not. But, and it's the same with Frankie. And am I concerned about the performances? Well, yeah, because I haven't seen anything really that, you know, gets me excited. You know, we put three past Swansea, um, who was so poor in the day. We put we, we beat Peterborough by a goal to nil. Again, who were pretty poor and if it wasn't Fiverson making that save from uh, Dembele, you know, it could be a completely different game. So, and then we lost the three before that in the league. You know, four defeats in 11 league games, two wins, five draws. It's like, it's very average. It's just over a point a game in it, really. So you look over the course of a season, you can come out with about 48, 49 points if, as it stands. I don't think that's enough to stay up. Personally, I think teams are going to beat each other down this bottom end of the league. 
and I think you probably are going to need 50 points, 50, 51 points to stay up. Yeah. So I think we do need to pick pick it up because I don't want to get pulled into a dogfight. Not not especially not with the games we've got coming up in October and then the start of November. You know, like Derby, who are fighting for the lives next game up after the international break. Coventry were absolutely flying. You know, joint second in the league, playing decent football, battered Fulham yesterday. Them locked down the road. We don't need to talk about them. Seems they beat Rovers yesterday. Um, so you look at the games and you're thinking, don't get any easier, do they? You know, we've just had an hard patch. We've got three tough games, in my opinion, now before we play Liverpool. Liverpool's a right off in my head. I don't really care about the game. Yeah. And then we've got Luton, Bournemouth, Forest, who are resurgent under Steve Cooper. Um, you know, Luton hit and miss this season, can beat Coventry 5 0 one minute and draw the Busfield the next. I think they've only lost one in seven games. That's when they got beat off Bournemouth. So you look at our fixtures, like Bournemouth obviously top at league. Forest got a new manager. So these next six league games, I'm thinking we could be in a right pickle if we don't pick up points. Yeah. We're only three, we're only three points off 23rd. And I know I listened to Aaron McCann's podcast this week and he's like, I don't look at the league table till February. But I'm not being funny. If you look at the league table in February, it's probably too late to do anything about it. <laughs> That's probably why they've been relegated every time they've come up. Honestly, mate, he, he talks about XG and his numbers and that, and they've got the lowest XG in the league for attacking, attacking wise. You know, and I know they've got injury problems, Peterborough, but Christ, they need to start scoring because mm-hmm. otherwise they're they're going to go quite quickly, and they might even go below, below Derby because what's the gap between them two now? Only six points, six and Derby points, have had yeah. twelve. Derby have had twelve taken off them. Yeah. So. I think the yeah. only the only saving grace that Peterborough could cling on to is if Derby get another points deduction. Yeah, but even then, it's like look at the teams around them. Barnsley can't continue to be shit for so long. Mm. Hull got the first win in God knows how long yesterday. Six or seven games on it. Well, I think it's since they beat us. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right. Um, you know, Cardiff run about Mick McCarthy might get a chop this week. And the lad who's just left Newport might go there. I think they've oh, lost Michael six Flynn. Off. Yeah, well, they've lost six out of the last seven Yeah, Cardiff. So the wheels have completely come off there. So that's not going to last forever. And Cardiff on the same point, amount of points as us. So, you know, we need to really well, the only The only two games we've won this season are teams below us. Precisely. It's, Swansea yeah. are on exactly the same points as us now. Yeah, and we've and, had, on paper, we've had one of, if not the easiest start in the league, and we're 18th, and I know Ollie sent something through to you, he sent it through to me as well, about relative performance, um, and I think, are we 23rd in that? Yeah, there's only, I think it's Hull that are worse at relative performance than us. Oh, sorry, Barnsley. Barnsley. Not, Barnsley. It's not good, is it? No, we need to pick it up. End of day, you know, they've got two weeks now to hopefully prepare themselves right for Derby, maybe get all of Sunday back, maybe or hopefully get Hughes back in. See what happens with our forward line. Got loads of options, but just no partnerships, that's the issue. How do you how do you rate the start to the season then? Eleven games played. People have asked me that. We, we ran a poll on Twitter yesterday. Um 
asking people whether or not they were happy with the start to the season. 3% of people said yes. 34% of people said mm, about expected. And just under 63% of people said no, bad start, we need to see more. Where, where do you stand? It? It's a poor start, but it's nothing that I didn't expect. Mm. So you could probably, if you cross the two together, you're probably about right. I was um, took the words right out of my mouth. I'm like, you know, I don't understand what we expected this season. I I, I, would, I was down as 18th this year. Um, Blackpool and Huddersfield are probably the two teams that have overperformed in my head for the league. Coventry massively overperformed. I had Coventry just above us. But, you know, I expected us to be about here. Um, it's a case of we need the points on the board now because the last thing you want to do is go into March, April and then them, that game in May and think, Christ, we need another 15, 20 points here. Yeah. That's you know we're talking disaster zone then, aren't we? Because like we're not exactly great under pressure at the best of times. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah, in terms of obviously so far this season, what what do you make of Frankie's subs? I know there's been a lot, especially after yesterday. There's been a lot made about it. Where where do you stand on it? It's difficult because I I sort of feel for him in a way, right? Because he's inexperienced as a manager, right? And substitutions can change the game and often do for a lot of teams for us they haven't worked this season so far I don't really remember a sub he's made that's made a massively positive impact um, so you know I don't know is the, is the honest answer I think looking at these stats here with three goals worse off when he's made subs over the course of the campaign so far so it's not massive in terms of his substitutions. I just think tactically is where he's lacking. Mm. I think tactically was the issue yesterday. Tactically was the issue Tuesday night. You know, Sheffield Knight, as I mentioned before, I think he's probably got away with going as, as a, into a box midfield. I think we've been completely dominated against Hull, who aren't great. Um, Reading game, we weren't great. You know, you can go through the games and it's like, have we been great in, in many of them? We settled for a point against West Brom. We never really looked like going going for a win. Yeah. Uh, second half performance has been the issue for me, you know. Yeah. I don't think we've played a good second half. Um, I think we've done all right yesterday, first 15 minutes of the second half. But go look at it as a full 45 minutes of the second half. You know, are we keeping our concentration levels for them full 45 minutes? Well, you'd say we're not. Well, I would say we're not. No, you're right. I mean, I'm just trying to look at the time and the goals. Like, and it's that last half an hour of a game. We've scored two. We conceded eight. Yeah. So if you think about how many points we've probably lost in that in, in that, that time period, yeah. So, yeah, that's my issue. It's the t- timings of goals and the performances in the second half just aren't great. You know, for for us to only score two in that in that segment, you know, we've We've scored two conceded, not in the first 15 minutes after the break. And then gone to do 2 8 the other way. So we've not, our first half's a sound. You know, we've scored, what, eight goals, conceded seven. So it's not it's not fantastic from a conceding point of view. But them last two segments of the game, that's like alarm bells that's, for me. That's the killer, isn't it? it? And it comes back to what we said at the start of the episode it's, it's a lack of proper game management I think or that's a big that's a contributing factor 
But yeah, um, I think our average that... goal time, our what? average first goal is actually the second earliest in the league. Only Barnsley's below us. So 37 minutes is our average first goal, which is decent, like, but yeah. I, I'm just looking at breakdown of goals. I think Coventry, Coventry, Cardiff. Yeah, there's quite a lot of teams that are scoring in the second half. I think we're about fourth lowest in terms of scoring in the second half of, the, of games so far, percentage-wise. So, yeah, there, there's a lot of work to do for me and, like, let's let's see what they come back with after the break. Well, they need to improve it, definitely. Yeah, I think talking of breaks, we can we can call that part one, mate. I'm going to get a, a drink and uh, I'll see you in part two. Sound. Welcome back to part two of the From the Finney podcast. We've got a few listener questions to answer and then we'll discuss the uh, the situation, I think is a good way of putting it, ahead of the first derby game against Blackpool for the best part of eight years. Yeah, Jim, I think we'll, we'll, we'll jump straight in. Uh, this is a question that's come in on, well, all three of the questions have come in on Twitter. This one's from Paul Cartmel and he asks, if we continue to play the way we're doing, do you think we need a manager in to perfect it, someone like Ainsworth? Um, I've seen that question about going route one direct. I don't think we're going to change manager anytime soon, is the honest answer. And we're, we're, we're not a club that makes snap decisions in terms of like, oh, it's not been a great start. I think you yeah, saw that with Alex Neal and Simon Grayson. You know, they both had three, four Still years good. at the club and, and there was times in that period where I think, you know, fans had, had turned and other clubs might well have sat the managers, but we stuck by them. You right can look further back than that. You know, Darren Ferguson, Phil Brown, Graham yeah. Wesley all had arguably too long. Um, mm. You know, and we sacked what, Fergie, Phil Brown in December, middle of December at that, you know, Merry Christmas. And then got it, we set Graham Wesley in the February when we probably should have sat him probably November, December as well. So, you know, we're, we're not a club that makes snap decisions. You know, we try and give, you know, head coaches, managers as long as they, they can. Um, can I see us making a change before the end of the season? Possibly. Um, I think this month is massive for us. So, do you, uh, is do it you not see us things? Before? If things don't pick up, do you not see us making a change before Christmas? Well, potentially, yeah, because we, we've changed managers what three times in December in the past ten years. So, I think if it's not working before the next window, then yeah, then we'd have to be in bottom three, I think, or on the verge of the bottom three to make yeah. a decision. It's no slight on Frankie. I'm not going to slag him off on this part because what's the point? Um, but I think results have got to improve and we've got to start winning games. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I don't think Ainsworth, you know, on who I'd get in, I think it, it'd be wrong of me to say like who I'd get in 
without I was just going to say, would you, would vacancy? you to bring Ainsworth in if, if there was yeah, a vacancy? There's no vacancy, Jay. There's no vacancy, so there's no point in even talking about it. Um, Fair enough. You know, there's, there's probably quite a lot of candidates for the role, if we're honest. So if, if, if it ever came up that they were going to make a change and make, and go externally, because in the day, they might, they might go internally again. Mm. Yeah, it's not beyond the realms of possibility, is it? Given who is currently at the club and part of the mm. coaching setup. So, yeah. Um, next one then. How do we fit Barky and Murphy into this side? That's a question from Andy Nickel. How do we fit Barky and Murphy into this side? Don't think you fit both of them at the same time. Say that again. Don't think you fit both of them in at the same time. No, the only way I can see both of them fitting in is a change of formation, which I can't see happening. Or dropping set centre half, which I don't, which I don't really want to do. Because mm. if you got all of a sudden coming in as well, so. Oh, I was going to say, if, you, if you're thinking of dropping set to centre-half and playing Barky at right wing-back, then like, you're still leaving out um, all of a Sunday, aren't you, there? Mm-hmm. And I th- personally, I think as good a job Barky does at right wing-back, I think he's wasted there, personally. I think he's better further up the field. Yeah, I, I just think with Murphy, he's going to play up front. You know, he might get a chance if Maguire's injury is a little bit more severe than we think. Um, but then again, you've got Sinclair, Evans, potentially Barky. You know, you've got a lot of options for the forward line. So, you have to have to wait and see. I, I don't, I just don't, I, it, we've just got a lot of players for a lot of positions. So, last one then. Um, this one's from Stephen Holderness on Twitter. And he's asking, are you worried about the drop if we keep the same staff slash playing squad? I think you can probably strip that back and say. just say, are you worried about the drop? Of course I am. I worry about us full stop, but there's no point worrying about us because it's out of our hands, really. You know, as fans, there's only so much we can do. Um, I, I think if Derby, if we get beat off Derby that next game back, then we've we've might have a problem on our hands because they'll be what six points off us despite yeah. having minus twelve. Right? You think bloody hell? Fair play to Wayne Rooney if he gets them out of that, but. It's the other two spots that I think people will probably take one. So then it's a dogfight in it. If if Derby and Peter are taking two slots, who gets that final slot? You know, Barnsley can't win a game. Cardiff can't win a game. We can't win a game. Hull have got a first win in God knows how long well, since the Beatles opening day yesterday. So there'll be a lot of teams like 15th downwards that will just be scrapping it out for the, those those slots at the end of the day. It's too early. It's, you know, we're only 11 games into the season, aren't we? What, 25% of the season is gone. You know, ask us at the end of November, start December, where we're at then, and I think it'd be a better pitch. You know, you'll have played probably 20 games by that point. Yeah. You, the, the table will start taking shape. I think I said it last week. I, 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 people obviously say, oh, I'll look at the table after 10 games, I think that's too early. I think 15, 20 games is more more of a reasonable point to look at the table and and sort of set your expectations as to what the season's going to look like. Mate, I was looking at the table after 10 minutes when we went top at league on the first game. <laughs> no, it tits up very quickly, didn't it? We were bottom by the time it bottom by the time like full time came. So yeah, it was uh, an up and down 90 minutes that one, wasn't it? Well, it was yeah, la- so. la- largely down. Yeah. Twenty two. Yeah, well, last last point then for this pod. Obviously, there's no previews this week, but 
yeah, the Blackpool game is not the elephant in the room. I think it's the very, the very big talking point at the minute. Where where do you stand on how the club have gone about distributing tickets? Um, I think the ambassador scheme is probably run its course, if we're honest. Um, in, in terms of you know we've had it for this is the tenth year of the ambassador scheme, so those guys that are part of it legally have to get first dibs on tickets probably to stop like a West Brom situation from the other year where two and a half thousand tickets went in 36 hours you know and it went on general sale and it was literally a free for all um, I, I sort of think that the club missed a trick like they should have said like ambassadors with 300 points and ambassadors with 260 points blah 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 just to give those guys that you know have been away games first dibs yeah. um, an ambassador with like the standard amount of points whatever you get for season tickets I'm not too okay. I'm not too hard or too no either but I think the guys that have got have just bought a season ticket and then get first dibs for Blackpool's a little bit naughty it's like a, it's the same with not having like from our last season when we were in grounds that 19-20 season when guys have gone every single away game and not now getting any sort of preference despite yeah. they might be season ticket holders but just because they're not an ambassador because you know they might have only joined the season ticket scheme at 14 or 15 mm. you know they could be 23-24 now and they're not being able to get first dibs for a Blackpool ticket which I find a little bit weird yeah, you, you, it's almost um, like they're being punished for being young young yeah yeah that's uh, and I, I completely empathise with those sort of people but I get the club have got a job to do um, the club have got a job to do, and I think whichever way they went about it, there would have been a section of the fan base that would have been upset. I don't yeah. think there's any way that the club could go about distributing the tickets where they don't upset a portion of the fan base. What I think, what I think gets on my wick more than anything is the the almost the sense of like righteousness from some sections of the fans where they feel like the because they go away and they don't have a season ticket, that they feel they deserve a ticket for the Blackpool game. But what makes away support more valuable than home support? People have different circumstances that they can't go away. They might work and not be able to go away. So why should, equally, I'm not saying that this is right or wrong, but why should they be punished for that? I think you've got to, you, there's got to be a happy medium, aren't there? You know, the guys who go away and have a season ticket, because in the day, season tickets are what keep the club afloat. You know what, three million a year or whatever it is, in terms of income, might be less than three million. That's just off the top of my head. Um, but season tickets are the lifeblood of the club, and yet those guys do deserve to be rewarded to some degree because they're parting with four hundred, five hundred quid. You know, in June, July, every year. Yeah. Now, just because they haven't done it for ten years straight, doesn't mean they shouldn't be rewarded. Shouldn't, yeah, in my exactly. opinion. You know, and yeah, there's tickets going on sale tomorrow. Or today, when this comes out, for guys who've got, I think it's 280 points. So, as long as they've got a season ticket and have bought a couple of games, like bought games for a couple of cup games, yeah, we'll get a ticket tomorrow morning. Three for two promotion yeah. that we've been well, running. But, you know, they've got to have a season ticket. And I get yeah. that. And I think, you know, the club have got to stick by that, you know, you've got to have a season ticket to get priority for away games because that's just part and parcel. It's been like that for God knows how many years. So, my, my, I'll caveat all this with saying if you really want a ticket for Blackpool, I'm pretty sure there'll be tickets available. Where there's a will, there's a way. Well, yeah, I said to you the other way. I, I sort of, 
I sort of liken this to like a uh, you know an England away game where there's yeah. like two thousand tickets. You go into some shithole like Montenegro, like me and a few lads have, have done from Preston, and you can't get a ticket to England fans for love no money because you haven't got enough caps. But if you're willing to part with the right amount of money and like you're willing to say your dog called Dave or whatever, then you you're going to be able to get into the game. Um, now I'm not promoting that, and I don't think anybody should go in the home end unless they've got an absolute death wish at Blackpool, because you're just daft if you do that. And mm. um, now if you're daft, you're daft, and you're not, I'm not going to change your mind. But I, there'll be people out there that will have a season ticket and they'll get a ticket this week who might get COVID the week of the game, might be ill. You know, the Rams might die in the, in the build up to the game, they don't want to go. So I'm pretty sure like that week of the game, there'll be a tickets few tickets available. knocking about. Yeah. You know, and don't be wrong, you know, you can't legally pay more than the face value of a ticket. But, you know, you can pay the face value of a ticket and sort someone out with some beers and, and, and whatnot, you know, to mm. say thank you for a ticket. So, yeah. I think as well, there. this this isn't to knock the club either, because I think the club are stuck between a rock and a hard place at the end of the day with the with the allocation that they've been given. But what they're going to do when it's their GSO that's the issue, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Everyone's aware that the issue is Blackpool's GSO, who's got it in his mind that he's only going to pressing 2,200 tickets because that's all he has to give him. And I don't agree with this rule of reciprocation either. The more I think about it, because people think we should only give Blackpool 2,200 tickets at Deepdale come February, March, whenever the game is. And I don't agree with that, because why should we be punishing the everyday Blackpool fan because of the actions of their GSO. And, and not, equally, it's not their fault. It's not, what, it's not, why should you know, we shoot not... ourselves in the foot to the tune of maybe a hundred grand by not because... giving them a bigger allocation? Because at the end exactly. of the day we all know how much money we rely on Trevor for, you know, so any any opportunity we get to reduce that is better. Sure. Let them start the cop. Let them start the cop. And, you know, let's hope we put in a performance like we did that Monday night and send them home packing. Yeah. You know, there'd be nothing better if other than seeing five and a half thousand lashes crying into the tea. You know what I mean? I'm like, don't bother me. I, it, I think we should, we should be the bigger party. You know, our fans are the gentry, as they say. It's like, we should really be the bigger party in this issue. Saying, right, that's fine. You only give us 2,200 tickets. We don't agree with it. But we're not going to do that in reverse. You know, we're going to be the bigger well, party. What, what, does, what does that achieve in the long term? Because if we do that to them, then it's say that we both stay up, they, they do the exact same next season or even reduce it. And then are we going to demand that the club do the same again and reduce their allocation to the point where you're getting 500 tickets apiece for each game? What's the point in that? Who who wins in that situation? No one. Just stokes up tension, right? And, yeah. You know, there's no need, there's no need to, like, you know, it'll probably get moved to Monday night or something daft anyway for the, the game at Deepdale. And if they can't sell all the tickets, then you can have a bit of a glow at them. Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. set my pace on that. I, I just think, if you, want, if you want a ticket that badly, you'll get a ticket. You don't need to pay 200 quid and shit like that. No, I've seen on Twitter. Like, you won't need to pay that much. People will, there will be tickets, I, I think, personally, that will come up but through illness, etc. the week of the game. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think unless you've got anything else you want to say or anything else you want to add, then we can we can wrap that up there, mate. Nah, good to be back. It's a shame it's wet. Good to have you back. It's like a chucking it down. Pen with them here. Chucking it down is the answer. So 
yeah, we'll just wait and see what happens these next two weeks. I'd, you know, just see, see where we go. Yeah. October's a big month. October's, I think October's career defining for Frankie. Yeah, I do. I think anything anything less than, I think, three wins. Or He's two only get three wins. Pardon? If he gets three, if he gets three wins, and he'll be safe, safe for the rest of the season. You know, if he beats them lot at their place, beats Coventry that fly him. Do you think, regardless of the other results, if we lose to Blackpool in a poor fashion, do you think he he could be parted? Do you think that's a possibility? Personally, no. Or? Personally, I don't. I, I think that he's safe as houses, and that's not that's just my personal opinion. Right? Yeah, I yeah. just think you know. I think he's safe as houses. I don't think the club will make a snap decision on him, regardless of what the fan opinion is. Now, if the fans completely turn on him, you know, after the Blackpool game, yeah, they might force their hand. Could be a different story, couldn't it? I genuinely think he's safe, and yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I think I think what my opinion, what my personal opinion is, you know, it's one of them. Like, I'm not going to slate him, but I don't think tactically he's been very good these past three or four games. And we're, we're getting away with a lot. Yesterday we didn't get away with it, and we got found out tactically yesterday. Yeah. So, you know, that's got the tactical side of the game has got to improve if he wants to stay in the job for me, like long term. It has but to. He's learning. Simple he's learning. Like he's got to learn from his mistakes. So. Yeah. Again. Big two weeks for the club in terms of the management staff and and learning and and improving things and obviously getting the lads into training. Suspect there'll be a bounce game or a, in fact I think there's a central league game this week, isn't there? Pass, not sure, not lot. A defeat at the weekend, and I think on the whole it's not been a great start to the season. But let's hope that the the break does us some good and we can come back and pick up some results post international break. And thank you very much for listening to episode ten of the podcast, Jim. Been great to have you back. Massively uh, appreciate your time as always, and yeah, yeah we're back, um, we'll be we'll be back a, a week after next. I will actually have a meets episode out next week. Promise. Yeah, I've actually got two Messi's um, games by the way. Got Carlisle in the cup on Tuesday, and then we've got Huddersfield away on the following Wednesday. So there's two games before we actually come back to proper football. So plenty to keep them ticking over then. Yeah, never know. We might actually find another Sunday. <laughs> right on that note, mate. Thank you. Much appreciated.